The price of oil has surged almost 20% since our last episode, up from $97.60 a barrel to $116.50 a barrel. However, in Bitcoin terms, oil is actually down by 297 sats. Which one is the one that's volatile? This podcast is for information and entertainment purposes only. Nothing on this podcast should be construed as financial advice. All views expressed on this podcast are solely the opinions of the host and or any guests that we might have from time to time. Nothing on this podcast should be construed as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or to follow a particular investing strategy. sexy sat stackers and welcome to the latest episode of the bitcoin bulletin podcast today is wednesday march 2nd 2022 and that means it is once again dca wednesday are you ready to get your stack on well real quick before we do a look at the vital statistics we are currently sitting at a block height of 725,663 and bitcoin is currently valued at 40 3,815 US dollars per BTC or 2,282 sats per cuck buck. Somehow 2282 Moscow time is just not entertaining anymore. The price for per barrel of West of correction, the price per barrel of Brent Light crude, as we alluded to, has soared to $116.50 a barrel. That's up 19.28% since our last episode, in U.S. dollar terms, that is. It is, however, down in Bitcoin terms, worth 265,853 sats a barrel, down from 26,150 sats per barrel. So it is 297 sats cheaper to buy a barrel of oil today than it was last Wednesday, despite the fact that it is soared in U.S. dollar terms. Bitcoin's market capitalization is approximately 830 32.1 billion, still under that one trillion uh, goal, that one trillion, one trillion market cap milestone that it had crossed over on a uh, well more than once during its double top so far this run. Uh, but that's better than the 696.1 billion it was just last Wednesday, and that is because while Bitcoin is up, we are still 122 days out since our last all-time high of 69,000. So we're still down 36.5% from Bitcoin's all-time high. But that's 10% better than last week. Last week, we were down 46.8%. So Bitcoin uh, Bitcoin is doing better. It, it Basically, Bitcoin just surged Monday when the Russian sanctions kicked in, allegedly. And um, as it's been reported, Russians have been pouring into Bitcoin We'll get into that in a little bit, um, but first we're going to continue on with those vital statistics. Currently, the mempool has 1,623 transactions pending. Uh, some of those are relatively large transactions because it's going to take three blocks to clear. However, one sat per byte transactions will still clear within a day. The all-important 24-hour transaction rate that I like to track is up significantly. Last week, we were at 2.95 transactions per second below that magic number of three transactions per second that you know I like to see. Uh, this week, right now, we are ringing in at 3.45 transactions per second. 
And that is the most transactions per second we've had in several months, at least um, while I've at least while I've been recording. Uh, it may have bumped above 3.45 transactions per second for um, a short period of time on uh, a random day in between episodes, but uh, last week it was 2.95, the week before that it was 3.13, and then it was 3.09, then it was 3.16, then it was 2.94, all the way down to 2.45, so you get the picture. 3.45 transactions per second is a lot more on-chain activity than we've seen in the last couple of weeks. We are just 97 blocks away from our next difficulty adjustment. That's scheduled to be tomorrow sometime. And depending on where you get your data, that is going to be a downward difficulty adjustment of between 1.75% and 2.1%. Of course, the last difficulty adjustment was an increase. It went up 4.8% almost two weeks ago. And that is because blocks are currently coming in at an average during this difficulty period of 10 minutes and 13 seconds. As you know, Bitcoin is designed so that blocks should be found on an average of 10 minutes. And so we're coming in a little slower. Uh, however, last Wednesday, they were coming in at 10, um, 10 minutes and 6 seconds on average. So it's slowed down as the difficulty increase has uh, gotten closer. It's actually slowed down a bit um, as, as uh, hash rate has tended to increase. We had been seeing difficulty network, difficulty uh, adjustments, Dif as the difficulty adjustments, as the network hash rate has been, has been increasing, leading to upward difficulty adjustments, we'd been seeing that block time trending down, obviously less than 10 minutes uh, per block, and uh, that is not the case right now. So it is yet to be determined what the deal is, where that hash rate has fallen off, Although it wouldn't be too surprising to see that some of that is from Bitcoin miners either having been destroyed in the bombing of Ukraine or packing up and fleeing uh, with the hundreds of thousands of Ukrainians who've been pouring into Poland and surrounding countries to escape the war fighting going on, absolutely decimating uh, civilian areas now in many areas of Ukraine. And that brings us to the news. The Canadian Freedom Trucker Convoy is no longer the number one story in Bitcoin, although it dovetails nicely into the, uh, well, it isn't nice what's going on in Ukraine, but what is going on in Ukraine is highlighting the use case for Bitcoin. A whole new section of the world is watching in real time why it's important to have an unconfiscatable money. So as Russians pour their money into Bitcoin, um, and multiple sources have reported that Russians are paying a premium of as much as $20,000 a coin over whatever the fair market value, whatever the spot price is at the time. Um, as they are rushing to get out of the ruble, which is being reported to be valued at less than a U.S. penny now. Obviously, um, the sanctions kicked in on Monday morning. And when that did, we saw the price of Bitcoin explode from around 38000 Monday morning to around $44,000 a coin, which is where it's basically loitered for the last two or three days. Again, originally, allegedly Russians are dumping their rubles into Bitcoin as the ruble collapses. Um, and obviously there was a tremendous short squeeze involved in the pump as well, regardless of whatever the trigger was. But it'd be hard to argue that um, the panic to get out of the ruble and into uh, other currencies is, uh, a, is contributing significantly to that Bitcoin price action. Along those lines, it was just two days ago that Equinometrics tweeted out that, quote, the whales are done buying Bitcoin. We are left with the small fish stacking sats. 
Equinometrics has not posted an updating chart uh, indicating if that has changed since the price pump Monday, whether it's just ordinary Russians that are pouring into Bitcoin or whether the Russian oligarchs who are looking at having their yachts and their mansions seized in addition to their bank accounts frozen are pouring into Bitcoin as well. I'm sure a lot of that will become a lot more clear in the next few days. But either way, as they say, um, and this is a horrible situation, but it is good for Bitcoin, apparently. Um, and that's because if, if, if Russians had had their money in Bitcoin, despite the volatility, uh, the volatility, the big price swings we've had, obviously are a lot better than watching your, your money just completely evaporate. Also in the news, it's being rumored that Russians are having uh, all but 10% of their money seized out of their bank accounts. So um, they're not able to withdraw their money because the banks are, are closed or the ATMs are out of dollars. Um, and the other restrictions that Putin has placed on the transfer of Russian assets out of, you know, the other price controls and uh, currency controls that Putin has ordered in response to the sanctions that the world has taken against them. Um, so, wow, what a lesson in the importance of having an uncensorable, unconfiscatable currency. And it is horrible to see what's going on in Ukraine, but it is also encouraging to see that Bitcoiners are pumping money into Ukrainian charities. I uh, don't have the exact statistic, but it was somewhere in the neighborhood of $5 million in Bitcoin that had been donated to Bitcoin addresses in Ukraine since this has all begun. I'm sure it's a lot more than that because I actually haven't seen that since that statistic since before Monday when the sanctions kicked in and the panic and desperation really began. But again, that has completely knocked the Canadian freedom truckers out of the news, um, as did the alleged disruption of the State of the Union address. Remember, if you were following the news, a U.S. trucker convoy was supposed to interrupt the State of the Union and clog up Washington, D.C. And of course, you saw the fences go up around Washington. The Capitol is once again barricaded off like the demilitarized zone between Korea and South Korea. Uh, if ever there was a show of unity and freedom, that is not the image that, that we should be portraying, making Washington, D.C. look like a war zone when we're standing up to tyranny, or allegedly standing up to tyranny in Eastern Europe. Also, inflation continues to soar, but the one thing you haven't seen is the Fed still hasn't raised interest rates. And that is because, uh, well, first of all, their next meeting isn't for another two weeks of the, uh, the Fed's next meeting isn't until, I believe, March 15th. But as Max Kaiser and many other people are now fond of saying, you cannot taper a Ponzi scheme. The stock market's already tanked down significantly since the Ukrainian crisis kicked off. Is the Fed really going to risk tanking the stock market again by jacking interest rates through the roof? That remains to be seen. A lot of people doubt it. Uh, obviously, tapering of um, quantitative easing, etc. has actually never happened. We've been pumping money into uh, treasuries and assets. The Fed has been uh, buying every dollar that the U.S. prints, every bond the U.S. issues, all the debt the U.S. issues, pretty much since 2008 with no end in sight. So has the Ukrainian situation changed this? It's hard to tell. So many people got what was going on in Ukraine completely wrong. In fact, Max Kaiser and Stacey Herbert have been pretty silent about that because as you remember they were pretty much saying that this was uh basically the u.s and the media trying to convince everybody that we were going to, that russia was going to war and, it, and it, it wasn't really happening and putin was playing us to stacy herbert's credit she has left that tweet up on 
her Twitter account and actually retweeted it saying, well, that didn't age well, did it? Or something along those lines. And speaking of Max uh, Kaiser and Stacey Herbert, a lot of my favorite podcasts have disappeared this week or on a hiatus of some sort. There was no Citadel Dispatch on Tuesday. There still hasn't been a Citadel Dispatch. I haven't been following Matt O'Dell super closely. He's been relatively silent on Twitter. He's tweeted a few things, but nothing references podcast. Um, maybe he's traveling. Maybe he's on vacation. Maybe he's at a BitDev concert. Who or concert? BitDev meeting. Who knows? But for whatever reason, there was no Citadel Dispatch. Kaiser Report is no longer on RT. Uh, Stacy Herbert again tweeted that, quote, we quit because of the invasion, but we were planning on quitting anyway, explaining the absence of, of a new episode of Kaiser Report. However, she also tweeted that there was supposed to be an Orange Pill podcast. Uh, she stated that there would be an Orange Pill podcast yesterday at 8 p.m., explaining, quote, Putin's tragic miscalculations of what it means for the world. And she even included a YouTube link that, as of this recording, as of right now, will take you to their YouTube channel, but there is no Orange Pill podcast. Uh, there hasn't been for a while, and it has now been 2 8 p.m. Eastern times since she posted tomorrow at 8 p.m. They would post that episode. So I don't know what the story is. Those aren't the only two podcasts that are missing, the only two podcasters or Bitcoiners that have gone radio silent since the Ukrainian situation spiraled out of control or since the war broke out in Ukraine. But, um, and I'm not trying to be a conspiracy theorist here and say what's, what's happened. I don't know what's happened. Basically, I'm just upset that I haven't gotten to listen to some of my favorite podcasts. And a lot of people had been calling uh, everything Max Kaiser says complete propaganda, especially since he was on RT, which was the Russian state-owned television network. But um, he was always entertaining to listen to. He was definitely one of the original Bitcoin permables. So it would be interesting to see what their take is, especially Stacey Herbert. She tends to be a little more calm and clear-headed than Max. And uh, obviously she owned up to her missed call on the Ukraine situation on Twitter, so it would be great to hear that episode that she is promoting and what their current take is on the Ukrainian situation and how it affects Bitcoin. But hey, back to the real reason we're here, and that is to stack those sats. Uh, I had been hoping to make another super cheap purchase of Bitcoin. The last episode, we purchased Bitcoin at $36,961. That was radically cheaper than the 44000 we had purchased the two previous episodes. Unfortunately, we are right back to stacking at 44000 because of the Bitcoin pump. But that is still cheaper than the highest we purchased. Uh, we have purchased as expensive as $65,969. So again, that is, the, that is part and parcel with dollar cost averaging. If you are new to the show or if you don't know what dollar cost averaging what dollar cost averaging is, DCA, DCA Wednesday, the DCA and DCA Wednesday stands for dollar cost averaging. And dollar cost averaging is an investment strategy where you invest your money in equal portions at regular intervals, regardless of price. For example, this is going to be our 30-second stack. We started stacking every Wednesday, July, all the way back on July 28th, and the uh, equal portion we chose was $20. And the reason we chose $20 is because it's a relatively small amount of money. On Reddit, on Twitter, online, and numerous places, you continue to see people saying, is it too late to get into Bitcoin? Uh, I only have 50 bucks. I only have X number of dollars, X number of euros. 
whatever the case may be, is that too little? Um, what can I do to start investing? How can I, how can I begin stacking? So I thought um, it would be fun to try out dollar cost averaging and to do it in real time and to let you follow along so you could see how my experiment plays out. Again, this is not financial advice. This is me testing out the dollar cost averaging theory and hopefully um, it will, you will find it informative or at least entertaining. Again, so far we've stacked a total of 31 times. We've invested $620 now, including $13.95 in fees. And that has gotten us a stack of 1,276,203 sats, which is currently worth about $559.16. Uh, so we are down uh, a little bit. Obviously, that's, that's less than $620. But it was worth only $448.95 last week. So we've made up quite a bit of ground with this pump. And again, dollar cost average is a long-term play. Uh, you should not be using DCA if you're trying to get rich quick. In fact, you shouldn't be using Bitcoin if you're trying to get rich quick. You should be planning on buying and holding your Bitcoin for a minimum of four years. The way we've seen it working out, looking backwards in time, is that Bitcoin is at a bull run every four years in relationship to the halving cycle where the minor reward gets cut in half. The last halving was in 2020. We have another one coming up in 2024. Uh, so, uh, if history repeats itself, uh, we'll have a downward swing, a bear market, or uh, maybe hopefully not a crypto winner sometime between now and 2024. And then after 2024, we should see the next bull run. Again, past performance is no guarantee of future results, but uh, that is what's happened so far. And there's very good reason, logical explanation for why it's happened. So until something changes as a black swan, maybe um, the Ukraine and Russia situation is a wake-up call and we see hyper-Bitcoinization begin and we end the four-year cycle. But regardless, Bitcoin and number-go-up technology would imply that if you hold Bitcoin over the long term, uh, you will make money eventually. So they say time in the markets beats timing the markets in any investment. And that's certainly been true with Bitcoin. Adam Meister on Twitter at TechBalt likes to espouse his 210,000 block theory. And that is saying that um, if you buy Bitcoin and you go backwards in four years or forwards four years, Bitcoin is always worth more four years later than it was four years prior. So Bitcoin today was worth, Bitcoin four years ago from today was worth significantly less than it is today. And by that theory, four years from now, it will be worth significantly more than it is today. Um, either way, you do you. Hopefully this is providing you some entertainment value, if nothing else. If you do choose to dollar cost average, again, you pick a, a, a dollar value that you're comfortable with and that you can invest regularly. And uh, for some people, that might be $20. For other people, it might be $1,000. Some people dollar cost average daily. Some only dollar cost average every two weeks when they get their paycheck. Some monthly. We chose weekly because that's... Um, Fairly often, it's a decent uh, it's a decent amount of uh, it's a decent interval to DCA in any investment. Uh, there are services out there that let you DCA as often as hourly. I find that a little excessive, but um, you do you pick a pick a a interval you're comfortable with and a dollar value you're comfortable with, and uh, do your own research as they say and make your own decision. But we chose Wednesdays, and we chose twenty dollars. And as usual, we're going to stack using the handy-dandy cash app. 
And that is because I think Cash App is, for at least for Americans, it is the easiest way to stack small, uh, small amounts, especially amounts as little as $20. It's not the cheapest way to invest as far as their fees are concerned. If you are investing a large portion of Bitcoin, it might be worth your time to use a, uh, an exchange that, like, well, for example, I'm not touting the evil empire, but Coinbase Pro, I believe, charges about a half a percent, uh, whereas Cash App charges like two and a quarter percent. So, and I'm not sure Cash App's even the cheapest out there. Strike App says they'll let you buy Bitcoin for free. There are a lot of restrictions on Cash App. For example, what the max you're allowed to invest in is nowhere near as high as Coinbase or Gemini or Kraken. So do your research, find a platform that you think fits your interests and your needs. Again, Cash App isn't even available to a lot of my listeners, but we're going to use Cash App. And the other nice thing about Cash App is I don't usually keep any money on Cash App, but they let me add it instantly because I have my debit card linked to Cash App. So I'm going to add 20 bucks. And so I add cash at $20. And instantly I have 20 bucks on Cash App. Then you go over to the bottom right-hand corner and there's the little Bitcoin logo. You tap on that, tap on buy, enter 20 bucks, hit next. And it's going to ask us to confirm. And it says that we are going to purchase. Well, it says that first of all, Bitcoin is down just a tiny bit before we began the episode. Uh, it's we're going to purchase at forty three thousand seven hundred sixty four dollars and forty one cents. That's going to get us forty four thousand six hundred seventy one sats. Click confirm, and boom! Just like that, we have purchased another forty four thousand six hundred seventy one sats, raising our stack to 1,320,874 sats. And at the current price, that's worth $478.07. Again, that's down from the $640 we started at. Uh, there have been times when we've been way up and there's been times when we've been down quite a bit more. But again, like I said, this is a long-term play. So uh, I wouldn't judge our success on whether or not uh, this was a good idea or not for, uh, well, for years. But definitely not during the middle of a of a of have a having cycle. What that purchase did do, however, is drop our average purchase price down by another hundred and twenty eight dollars and eighty four cents. Our average cost basis now is forty eight thousand four hundred fifty two dollars and seventy seven cents. So one day when Bitcoin goes above forty eight thousand five hundred ish, we will be back in the green. Um, if we had yoloed in back in July and invested. That $640 in one lump sum, we would actually be up a bit more. Uh, we would have scored a million five hundred seventy-five thousand sats. Our 640 would be about worth about 689. But again, that is gambling. Trying to time the markets has wrecked more than one person. So we are going to do the slow and steady, tried and true, and keep stacking every Wednesday. Which leads me into another point. Uh, a lot of people wouldn't have had $680 or $640 to drop in Bitcoin. Uh, so we have been able to build up um, 1.3 million sats, $20 at a time, uh, using just what we would have spent at Starbucks. So that answers a question you see uh, posed all the time online. You know, if I only have $20, is it even worth it? I think even though we're down a little bit right now, we're starting to see that, yeah, it's worth it. Because uh, $20 might not be a lot of money to... Uh, to you, but 640 certainly is to most people that are listening to this podcast, and it definitely is 
to people in places like El Salvador, Africa, or even Russia right now, where the ruble is worth practically nothing. Also, if you believe like me that Bitcoin is going to go to the moon, our 1.3 million sats, if Bitcoin hits that magic $1 million mark, will be worth $13,208.74. And without question, that is a significant gain over our $640 investment. So, the world turns. TikTok, new block. Bitcoin's time chain continues to march on. And we will continue to stack that $20 every week until Bitcoin either goes to the moon, Bitcoin collapses to go to z- and goes to zero, or you just get bored and stop listening. In fact, I'm going to keep stacking even if you do get bored and stop listening. But until next week, keep stacking those sats, you sexy sat stackers.